Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on! I'm not going to lie. I was looking like a crazy person in my car this morning. As I'm thinking about the Warriors versus the Lakers tonight. Now, in this first segment, I do want to get to what happened in the world of baseball because the Giants got the win over the Reds and the A's got the big win over uh, the Astros. And I I do want to highlight Ramon Laureano because he has been uh, fantastic. But I do... I I mean, I was in my car. You know how it is when you are driving by somebody... And they are talking on the phone, talking on a Bluetooth or something like that. And they're not, you know, they're, 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 they got both hands on the wheel. They don't have a phone up to their, to their ear or anything. And of course, if you're in your car, don't, don't, uh, be on the phone and drive at the same time. That's very dangerous. But when they are on Bluetooth and you're just talking and you see someone in the car next to you and you see them maybe yelling, you know, or, or, or laughing, looking maniacal. Well, I was doing that, but I didn't have anybody on the phone. I didn't have anybody in the car with me. I'm just thinking about the Warriors and the Lakers tonight and the and 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 just the gravity of this game. How important this is for sports in general. This is huge tonight. And I can't wait for the matchup. Uh, coming up, we're going to have you know a little bit of a preview. We'll have my three dub factors. I'm not calling them the X factors. X factors is it's just overused at this point. I'm not going with X factors. Dub factors for the Warriors. And I would love to know yours. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the text line and the phone number. But <laughs> I was but I was drinking my coffee. I was shaking on the way up here. Thinking of the possibilities for this game. I can't wait for it tonight. But I do want to get to uh, the Giants and their win 4-2 to over the Reds because there is something that stuck out yesterday to me 
in that game, and I had to look up some stats here afterwards. You know how much I love the numbers, and I'm trying not to give you a ton of numbers to open it up early in the morning, but I think these ones are going to be easily digestible for you. Uh, but the Giants did get the 4-2 to win, and before we get to the starting pitching and how Gabe Kapler has handled the starting rotation, I do just want to start off with this guy. That ball, down the right field line, deep, way back there, goodbye! A three-run homer for Alex Dickerson, and the Giants jump ahead, 3-1. to Three-run home run for Alex Dickerson. He was three for four on the day. Those were his only three RBIs. He had a hit previously to that before uh, the at-bat, before the home run. He looked like he was comfortable in getting back to the plate. But <laughs> but overall, as a team, the Giants struck out 17 times. <laughs> Is that not the most baseball thing ever? You get two home runs from your team. The two home runs are the only thing that provides any of the runs at all. And instead, you strike out 17 times and you only walk four. You compare that to the Reds. They struck out eight times. <laughs> Damn. It's crazy when you look at it when you look at it. But it was a nice win yesterday and it in 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 that it was done with starting pitching. And Anthony DeSclafani, we did a profile on him last week after his last start, but this dude continues to impress. He went seven innings strong, gave up six hits, struck out seven, and only gave up a couple of walks, gave up the home run early but didn't uh, give up anything after that. And no one was able to score up until the seventh inning when Nick Castellanos came in and hit a home run off Littell. But the thing that I wanted to highlight here is not only did DiSclafani get another start, and uh, when you combine DiSclafani and Kevin Gosman and Aaron Sanchez, uh, three of those pickups, of course, Aaron Sanchez not there anymore, as well as Alex Wood, you're combining $27 million uh, of payroll to those guys, and they have been fantastic this year. But I do want to point out that Gabe Kapler needs some credit uh, for how long he's left the starters in this year. Because we've seen pitchers have good starts. And we've seen managers get afraid by the analytics and the numbers because maybe they don't look great uh, on the third time around for the lineup or whatever the reason is. And even though they could be having a lights-out start like DiSclafani was having, the other managers might say, you know what, let's just bring in our bullpen. Our bullpen has been solid, and, and just let the starter get some rest so hopefully he can come back out and have another good start, maybe throw him out an extra five innings. But with DiSclafani going seven innings yesterday, I did just want to bring this up. The average innings pitched per game numbers are staggering. Now, this year, we haven't seen, for example, we haven't seen Kevin Gosman pitch less than six innings. Six innings, and he hasn't pitched less than 90 pitches in a single game so far. And, you know, that is credit to Gosman and how well he's playing, but Gabe Kapler's not taking him out during these games. He hasn't pitched less than six innings, nor less than 90 pitches. There's only been one game where DiSclafani hasn't pitched less than five innings. And he let Cueto pitch a hundred pitch. Uh, uh, he let Cueto in for games. I'm totally botching this. He let Cueto 
go for 105 and 118 pitches in his first two games of the season. Logan Webb, even though he's been given up just as many runs consistently as any of these starters, and there is a chance that he could be moved to the bullpen at some point, but they keep Logan Webb in the game uh, for an extended amount of time, too, and let their offense try and pick him up. Alex Wood, he's gone only five innings or more in every single game that he's pitched so far. So the point being is that these starters, whether it's DeSclafani, Cueto, Gosman, Webb, Alex Wood, Aaron Sanchez, whatever, he's in the game, they have stayed in for the into the game a long time. Now let's just go back to last year. I mentioned the average innings pitched per game. Last year, let's just go back. Gosman was at five and a half. That's the average innings pitched he uh, pitched per game. Cueto was at five point three. Tyler Anderson was at four point nine. Now the league average was four point eight. So Gosman, Cueto, and Anderson they were all above the league average, but it wasn't but it wasn't by too wide of a margin. But in twenty twenty one, right now last it, Gosman last year he was at five and a half. This year, he's averaging 6.7 innings pitched per game. Wood is at 6 innings flat. DeSclafani is at 5.8. Cueto at 5.5. Webb at 5.4. And the league average is 5.2. So, it's not only that he is leaving the starters in for an extended amount of time, he's leaving every starter in for an extended amount of time. Last year, I named you three that were above the league average in average innings per pitched. That was Gosman, Cueto, and Tyler Anderson. But this year, all five of those guys are staying in for an extended period of time. The only one who isn't is Aaron Sanchez, who is currently on the IL, and that's just because they were keeping him in, keeping him in for four to five innings uh, a game because you know his arm was bothering him, and they didn't want to uh, overexert him. But that just that just speaks volumes to me as to how Gabe Kapler has made that improvement from year one to year two. That jump alone in average innings pitched per game, I think it shows that Kapler is starting to trust his gut. And also, it shows how well these pitchers are doing. And we are uh, not nearly at the point that they were last season. Those numbers could decrease. We could see a regression to the mean. But those numbers are numbers. And think about this. This is crazy to me. We're 32 games into the season. We're 32 games in. That would have been over halfway if this were last year. It took them until August to get to this point last year, to get to 32 games. It took them until August. Think about that. It feels like, you know, time's going back. It's like, wow, we didn't even have sports at one point. And then we started the baseball season in July. Like, like we were, we're, we're at that point now already. What took them till August to get to last season. That's crazy. Uh, another thing that I did want to mention was just the defense from this game yesterday. And we, we've brought up the defense and how it's just been clean. Not many errors have the least amount of errors in the league. Uh, that's the Giants, that is. But I look to the eighth inning and what happened there as far as defense goes and how that saved a game. So D. Scalfani was in for the seven. Obviously gave up the one run, so that's all that was charged. And Zach Littell comes in, replaces Di Sclafani, and he gives up a home run to Castellanos right away. It was a no-doubter. Pulled the ball, uh, and and he was absolutely confident that was going to be out of uh, of left field. Gone. 
But then the next batter up, Eugenio Suarez, he grounds out to Brandon Crawford. But Brandon Crawford, in my opinion, saved the game with that play that he made it short in the eighth inning when there were uh, no outs. Because he was diving to his right. It wasn't like a full extension type of dive. But it was one where I don't know how many other shortstops are getting that ball. And if Littell somehow gets that guy on base, I I think it could have been a totally different outcome. Now, the next batter that came up, Tyler Naquin, hits one to right field. But Mike Yastrzemski manages manages to cut it off. And this dude, Naquin, was going on his way to second. He was ready to go for a double here. But instead, Yastrzemski cut it off, uh, held him to a single. Then as soon as that happened... Mike Moustakis comes in, Littell strikes him out, and then Jonathan India grounds out uh, to get him out of the inning. But it's those two little plays like that, the ones from Crawford, which saved the game, in my opinion, because I think that if that if that would have gone through, then the next batter up, Naquin, let's just say he hits a single, the game could have had a totally different outcome. Totally different outcome. But instead, they got out of the inning, and then uh, and then Jake McGee is able to come in and get a save, uh, his 11th save on the year. But it's the little things like that that the Giants are doing to win ball games, and now they are 26 and 16 uh, on the year. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. 42 games into this season, and, and and we're already way over the halfway point of what it would have been last year. It's, it's, it's wild to think about. Um, coming up next, do want to get into the A's and Ramon Laureano and what he did uh, in that game and his record against the Astros, which is uh, fantastic, or his stats against the Astros, rather. But also, going to have an update for you. I had something from the White Sox and the Twins yesterday. It was a home run that went against the unwritten rules. And now Tony La Russa, the manager for the White Sox, he has said something against his own team here. And if you haven't heard it, I'm sure you've heard about it already and, and, and seen it. But if you haven't yet, wait till you see what happened with baseball and their unwritten rules next. But we also have Warriors and Lakers tonight. I can't wait for that. We'll have a full preview in the final half hour of the show. Going to be a fun one here. Stephen Langford in with you up until 6 o'clock, 95.7 the game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game leading up until 6 o'clock. As the morning roast will take you until 10. I'm so fired up for Warriors and Lakers tonight. This is one where you have to, if you're a parent... And you have your kids who are maybe on the fence about basketball, right? They see you, the dad or the mom, going crazy at the TV screen, not knowing why you're going insane, and they want to learn more about it. They're finally at that age. Well, this is the game that you want to show them. You know, Steph versus LeBron. I don't think that we are appreciating the magnitude of this matchup tonight. I know it doesn't have... NBA Finals implications. It doesn't mean you're going to be hoisting up the Larry O'Brien at the end of the at the end of the game. No, no, no. But this could be the last time that you see Stephen LeBron in this sort of 
winner-take-all sort of game. And it's not even a winner-take-all. I mean, the loser gets to go on and, uh, you know, the loser gets to go on and play one more game and possibly against the Grizzlies or the Spurs. And the winner goes on to play either, um, the winner's going to go on to play the, uh, the, the Suns. But I just think Steph versus LeBron, we're not making as much out of it as we need to be. It's just crazy. I was thinking about it on the way in. So we'll get to all of that uh, coming up in today's show. But I did just want to highlight this one player um, because yesterday against the Astros, uh, the A's got off to a slow start. You know, Sean Manai gave up a couple of runs, and Ramon Laureano got him back in it with a solo home run to make it uh, two to one. Then following the game, he continued and had yet another home run, and then he did this with Mark Canna on third. Center field. Straw sets up. Now he backs up. Canna oh, tags. Oh, oh, oh. Here comes Canna. And this ball game is over. The A's get their fifth walk-off win of the year. They score one in the eighth to tie it. They score a run in the ninth to win it. And game one of this big three-game series goes to the Athletics in walk-off fashion. So Ramon Laureano gets his third RBI in the game, and he is the offensive hero tonight. And going into yesterday's game, credit NBC Sports California for that audio, going into yesterday's game, in the 33 regular season matchups that Ramon Laureano has had against his former team in the Astros, for his career, 315 batting average with a 384 on-base percentage and a 514 slugging percentage. Then he added on two home runs and three RBIs yesterday, got that sacrifice fly for them to get the win, and he now has five home runs and 14 RBIs in the 129 plate appearances uh, against the Astros. And we know what happened last year when that... Idiot assistant coach for the uh, for the Astros. I think he was, was he the hitting coach. I can't even remember at this point. Um, but that dude who was talking trash to Loriano on the base pass, and then Loriano charged the dugout. Ever since then, you know, he's he said that he has no bad blood with the Astros. He's always liked uh, everyone on the team. It was just what that coach said, which is what sparked that. But with those numbers and how well that he's played, um, I, I think that watching that is a fun matchup. Watching Ramon Laureano versus the Astros alone is worth the price price of admission. And shout out to the Yays who are now a game and a half up uh, on the American League West, even though the the Astros were on a six-game winning streak and had won eight of their last ten. But that's the type of energy that you need on that team if you're going up against a division rival, especially one where he used to play for that team. And Ramon Laureano is just a spark plug. Um, Just overall a good game yesterday. Overall a good game for the A's. And uh, them getting the win over the Astros, that's huge. Um, I do want to point this out, because this is something that happened yesterday with the, uh, excuse me, two nights ago, with the White Sox and the Twins. So the White Sox were up 15-4. to 15-4 was the score. It was in the eighth inning. And William Estudio, who is the DH for the Twins, and depending if they're going into a National League game, he switches up, but mostly he plays DH. 
He came in and was on the mound in that eighth inning when they were up 15-4. to And Jermaine Mercedes, who is a 27-year-old rookie, his story is incredible, and he has maintained uh, this really cool season that he's had so far. But it was 3-0. All right, it was a 3-0 count. The White Sox are up 15-4. to Jermaine Mercedes is up to bat. And Estudio is on the mound. So it's a 3-0 count. You'd maybe expect the batter to not swing at all. But instead, Mercedes does this. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. There you go. A 3-0 swing. So a 3-0 swing. Puts him up 16-4. to You hear some boos in the background. Then Tony La Russa, after the game, expressed his displeasure. Says you shouldn't be doing that. You need to respect the game. He's had a talking to with him about it. With it, with him about it. And then you go on Instagram the following day. Tim Anderson, who's also on the White Sox, loved it. Commented, keep doing you, big fella. And your meme Mercedes replied to it, you know, and, and they're having fun. But the only person who seems to not be having fun with this whole situation is Tony LaRussa. Now let's go to, ne- to the next night over, which was last night. And this is what happened when your meme Mercedes was at the plate in the seventh inning. Oh, see, now he threw it, Mercedes. That, look. That's from last night. Duffy threw at your mean Mercedes. The umpires are going to come in and talk it over. We had a feeling this might happen. Let's make sure none of these shenanigans continue because baseball is supposed to be fun, and why can't we just go ahead and play baseball? There. He's out of here. He, he, should, be, he yeah. should be thrown out. The pitch was behind him. It wasn't. Meant- that was credit to NBC Sports Chicago, and you heard the announcer there. You heard the announcer. He is reasonable when it comes to this stuff. Just listen to this mini-segment here one more time. might happen. Let's make sure none of these shenanigans continue because baseball is supposed to be fun, and why can't we just go ahead and play baseball? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I agree. And I agree. Well, manager Tony La Russa already having expressed his displeasure with how your mean Mercedes shouldn't have been swinging on that pitch. You need to respect the game. Well, listen to Tony La Russa after last night's game when his player, okay, his player got thrown at by the Twins. I threw a sinker and, you know, it didn't look good. <clears throat> so I, 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 I didn't have, I wasn't that suspicious. I suspicious somebody throws at somebody's head. And they're not suspicious. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with how the Twins handled that. And sorry for the background audio. They were playing the highlight as it was going on, and then they had the announcers in the background, so it was kind of muffled. But essentially, Tony La Russa said that he doesn't care. <laughs> that that he, sa- he said, I w- it would have been a little suspicious if they would have thrown at his head, but I don't have a problem with them throwing at my own player. How big of a mistake was it to hire this dude to this team, to this young White Sox team? I know I'm ranting about the White Sox right now when we got the Warriors and the Lakers coming up, and I can't wait for that matchup. We're going to have a full preview for you in the final half hour. I promise I'm not going to be talking any White Sox baseball. But when this happened yesterday and I saw this, I'm just thinking, what is going on? Look, I, I respect Tony LaRusa and everything that he's done in the game in the past and, and, and all of that, of course. I'm not trying to take anything away from what he's done. But when they made that addition, it was a huge head-scratcher. 
And now when his player's trying to have a little fun on a 3-0 count because the other team has officially given up, when you bring in a position player to put on the mound, you are done with the game. You have essentially forfeited. You're just saying, let's fast forward to the ninth inning. Let's all go home. Let's have a steak. Let's go eat a a damn snack, in the words of Rex Ryan. But no. Instead, your, your player's allowed to possibly get hurt in this game, and I don't have a problem with it. Eh, Maybe if it was at his head, it would have been a little more suspicious, but I didn't really care that the Twins did that. I mean, come on. That's the problem. Taking the fun away from the game. And it's... That really really got me. That really got me yesterday. All right. Let's talk about the Warriors in the Lakers. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I got quite a few notes here, um, and I'm looking back on what the Lakers have said. Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder had some stuff they had to say about this matchup, which I did find uh, to be pretty interesting. But most importantly, we got the dub factors coming up. And what are dub factors? Well, they're X factors, but since we're talking about the dubs, they're the dub factors. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. Doesn't have to be in any particular order. But who are your three dub factors going into tonight's game? Who are the guys that need to perform in order to make a difference? If you want to put Steph Curry, you could put Steph Curry. But me personally, I got three other guys that I'm paying attention to and with good reason. We'll get to all that next. It's going to be a fun final half hour here. Warriors versus Lakers. Steph, LeBron, I'm telling you, on my way in, I was looking like a crazy person in my car just thinking about this and getting all excited. I'm, I'm, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait until 7 o'clock happens tonight. All right, 888-957-9570. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I can't believe we're at this point. <laughs> how did how did this happen where somehow the Warriors and the Lakers being in this playing game with the fact that it's Steph versus LeBron, two stars. Yeah, you know, you can count this as the postseason. I don't know if you can count the play-in game uh, as the playoffs because it's the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. But, hey, you could make the argument that coming up at 7 o'clock tonight, this is the highest, most anticipated matchup that will be in any game in these playoffs. You know, maybe besides the whether it's a Game 7 in the NBA Finals or a Game 7, because those are the two greatest words in sports, but Steph versus LeBron tonight? This could be... This is a matchup that has defined the past decade, really. At least since 2013, 2014. Steph versus LeBron, that's what it's all been about. And now we're getting it in a play-in game. I can't wait I cannot wait. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. Uh, I got a couple of uh, some notes here that I do want to get into. But I want to start off uh, with the dub factors, with the X factors in this game. But I like to call them the dub factors because I'm trying to put a little twist on things and trying to get creative, even though it's not that creative. Uh, but dub factors for this one. I want three from you. 
I want three. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who are going to be your three guys that need to make the difference tonight? You could put Steph. And uh, yeah, you can you can put Steph. I have no problem if you put Steph, but of course it's going to be Steph who is that one tub factor. But I am looking for three of them from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I actually do want to get into at some point uh, because Andre Drummond went on social media and posted a certain something, uh, the same thing that John Morant had posted uh, earlier this year. I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know why you're doing. I don't know why you do this if you're going to be a guy who's playing against Stephen Curry uh, at all. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you want to give him any extra motivation. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who are your three dub factors tonight? The three X factors, so to speak. Because tonight, here's mine. Uh, these are in no particular order. I think that these these next two are kind of uh, you know 2A and 2B. And the third one is my number one dub factor. Uh, but these next two, I think, are going to be very important. Number the, the first one on my dub factors list here, Kevon Looney. Now, I want to just throw these numbers here. 10, 12, 13, 7, 8, 11. Those are the total amount of rebounds he's had per game on this six-game win streak. 10, 12, 13, 7, 8, 11. And they went 6-0 and in that stretch. Now, I understand that it wasn't against the best of teams, and a lot of those wins... You know, it was because of Steph and just the fact that those other teams weren't able to figure out what Steph was doing. But remember what Steve Kerr's nickname for Kevon Looney is. It's unsung. Unsung. So it's not only that he has to be strong on the glass tonight, as strong as he has been the entire season. He's going to be the biggest man on the floor for a majority of the time. You never know if you, you if, if you're going to need an extra body. Uh, I don't know if Jordan Bell is going to be uh, how many minutes he's going to be getting, but Kevon Looney is going to be the dude. Now they're not going to be beating the Lakers in rebounds as a team. They're just they're just too big, right? The, the Lakers got a lot of big players, and, and they they completely uh, they completely outweigh the Warriors as far as height goes, but. Looney on the boards has got to take away some of those second-chance points that the Lakers are going to inevitably get. It was the same with Valanchunas in that game against Memphis. Valanchunas was going to get his. He is one of the best in the league at doing that, if not the best in the league at getting those second-chance points. But if you can at least take away maybe three or four of those opportunities for them to get second-chance points while also creating those second chances for the Dubs, and, and, and possibly on the offensive glass, I mean, that was big in that last game. He had 11 rebounds, but he also had five of them offensive. And that was huge. And it has to be on the team, too, obviously. The, the, the team's got to rebound well, right? But Kevon Looney, the fact that he's going to be the biggest body on the floor for the Warriors out there, I do think that he has to have a massive game if the Warriors want to have any chance at winning tonight. So that's number one. Please feel free to get them in. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I want to know your three dub factors for tonight. Uh, instead of X factors, calling them dub factors because I'm that creative, people. That creative. Off the top of the dome, by the way. 
No help. <laughs> uh, that's embarrassing. All right, next up. Juan <laughs> Toscato Anderson. All right, this guy has to be huge tonight. Backdoor cuts, slips. He's got to play good defense. He's got to prepare to get big minutes. He's got to knock down the open threes when we need it. We need JTA tonight to be the Swiss Army knife. We need him to do a little bit of everything. And he got the multi-year contract. He's been so much fun to watch. You know the energy that he brings. And if there's going to be one other guy, since Kelly Oubre's not going to be on the floor, if there's going to be one other guy on this Warriors team who can at least try and get under the Lakers' skin, to me, it would be JTA. Now, he was inactive for the win against the Lakers earlier in the year. JTA uh, wasn't playing. And that third matchup uh, where they lost, the second time they lost against him, uh, he only had three minutes on the floor. He didn't. He barely got any time, which is funny to look back on because that was at the point where you're just wondering, why is Steve Kerr not giving Damian Lee these minutes? Why isn't he giving JTA these minutes? Seemed a little confused with the rotation as to what to do with it because there was no consistency. So that's where he was at with that third matchup. But in the second game where they did lose, He had consistent numbers across the board. It's nothing eye-popping on his 28 minutes on the floor. But here were the two that stood out to me because he, you know, he had some steals, had a couple of blocks and all of that. And really in this game, there was, there was no chance because they were just down early. Uh, But he only had seven points and he also had four fouls. Now, the four fouls were kind of meaningless, but the seven points were done in the second half when the game was just completely out of reach. I think that if they manage to blitz and trap Steph, get the ball out of Steph's hands, I think JTA is going to be open. And when Dr- when Draymond hits him with that pass, hits him with that into the hits him in the corner and he has that open corner 3, JTA is going to have to knock it down. He was only 1 for 2 from 3 in that win or in that loss against the Lakers in that second game. But he has to if he's going to be, you know, having taking three or four three-pointers in this one, you need to knock down at least three of them. That's where I'm at with Juan Toscano Anderson. And I'll expect for him to I'll expect that those guys will go after JTA and try to get him into foul trouble. Again, like I mentioned, he had four fouls on that game, but they've seen just how deadly he can be when he is on the floor. They do see that he brings another element to this team, something that they're really not used to. So I think that the Lakers are going to make a point that with the second unit, they're going to go after the more inexperienced guy in JTA, try to get him in foul trouble, because without him on the floor, it's amazing how important that he's become, but he elevates this team. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers make it a point to uh, you know, maybe try and uh, draw some fouls on him and and see if they can get him out of the game and you know I mean not necessarily foul him out but get him to the point where you get him into foul trouble early so Kerr doesn't feel that he has that he can put him in the game for that much longer so I think that that's what's going to happen to him but I'm looking forward to it he is my number two uh, Doug fact Doug factor here because JTA and Looney I think both of these guys with the fact that they're going up against um, the size in the Lakers, I think those two have to be huge tonight. But my last one, and, and this is this almost goes without saying, but it's Draymond Green. 
It's Draymond Green. He has to be the floor general tonight. That's what's needed. It's time for him to have his cleanest game of the season offensively. Now, he didn't turn the ball over too much in the previous matchups against the Lakers. He only turned the ball over uh, uh, three times in the in the first matchup, four in the second, then three in the third. So, really, there, it's not like he's out here turning the ball over seven or eight times. It's not like it was dire. But, again, he wasn't in the game for that long because the game was out of reach. But that number, it can't even be at three or four. It can't even be at that modest number. It has to be... Either zero or one in the turnover column when when the turnover column when it comes to Draymond Green because they are going to be throwing all sorts of defenses at Steph and we'll get to what Steve Kerr has to say um, with how they're going to be throwing defenses at him because I do uh, have one theory on it. But we need Draymond to not only do that, not only be careful with the ball and not turn it over, but we need him to continue his aggression. You know, he has been, it felt like he's been on another level as far as getting to the hoop. That's something that we talked about early on in the year, was that he doesn't seem to be taking these open layups. He's passing them up, maybe trying to force-feed Wiseman too much. You know, some guys are out of place. Maybe he doesn't like the look of how the uh, offense is spread out on the floor, but He needs to continue to be aggressive because the number I'm most scared of in this game and the number that really gets me... Now, these teams are completely different at this point in the season, right? It's where we can look at those last matchups and, you know, try and dissect how the Lakers beat the Warriors. And really, at this point, they're two completely different teams. You know, it's it's almost as if the Warriors have gone done a complete overhaul and actually found their identity, whereas the Lakers, well, they haven't had much time together, right? They really haven't. It's it's been a, a lot of it's been without LeBron and AD uh this year. But the number that scares me the most out of those games and it was one that was consistent and it's one that I think they're going to want to replicate but it was the amount of three-point attempts that Steph had in those games. In the last two, the two where they were blowout losses, he only attempted seven in each of those. Now, we can point to the fact that Curry wasn't even in uh, in the fourth quarter at all because the game was out of reach and they didn't even uh, want to try at that point. He had his towel over his head, knew the game was done. But that also tells me if he did attempt seven threes in each of those games... That means that they were playing good defense on him. I mean, the dude put up 22 against the Grizzlies. 22 threes. That's nuts. And he only put up seven in the past couple of matchups uh, against the uh, against the Warriors. And that means that they were playing uh, good defense. So I think with Draymond, you got to be aggressive so you can dare them to clog the paint and maybe sag off Steph a little bit. Because if you give him a little bit of room then Steph is going to be able to get up a three-pointer. So I think if Draymond remains aggressive and gives them a threat inside, which is something that he posed against the Grizzlies in this last game, it's not nearly the same type of team because this is the number one defense we're talking about here in the Lakers. But you got to create some sort of scoring other than Steph. And I think Draymond uh, has to be one of those guys to do it and remain aggressive. He'll have to be on point. But that's not just Draymond. You know, it's Andrew Wiggins. It's Jordan Poole. You need to have good games from all of these guys. That's what's the that's the that's the entire 
that that's how I'm looking at this one is a lot of things has to go, have to go right in order for the Warriors to win this game. You need Steph to score 40 or more. Those are just facts. You do. Now you need the other team to at least add something onto it, but if Steph doesn't score 40, I mean you're going to have to really have some big scoring games uh, out of those other guys, but I think Steph, man, I think he damn near has to have 40 points. Another thing that's going to be important is in transition. Now, the Lakers have turned the ball over just as much on average as any team in the league. I believe they're only uh, four behind them. And I don't care if LeBron and AD were out for a majority of the season, but if they turn the ball over in this game, you got to take it and you got to score. You got to create points based off of those turnovers, if they make a mistake. That's it. There's no other questions there. No other questions. If they turn the ball over, you take it back on your end of the floor and you score. Or at least try and create some sort of opportunity. Because they're going to be playing some good defense on you when you get into half-court sets. They're going to be very good. From the 5-1-0. All right, here are some dub factors from the texters here at 888 Steph, Wiggins, Poole. I need Poole to get 20 points tonight, and I need Wiggins to come up big. Not worried about Draymond. He's going to be ready to ball. From the 8-3-1, Curry is going to go Tatum on the Fakers tonight. 50-plus for the W. I'd love that. From the 408, Poole, Looney, and two-way Wiggs. That's E from the 408. Wiggins is going to have to be huge on defense tonight. Really looking forward to that. And, you know, I go back even to last year. You remember that? When Wiggins was traded to this team, and you know he's going on a, onto a roster where he might not know the names of a lot of these guys, and the first thing that he has to do is face up against LeBron and the Lakers. You remember that last year? That was crazy. Going to be a big one for Wiggins here tonight. Uh, from the five one zero, Draymond, Jordan Poole, JTA. From the seven zero seven. On defense, I need Draymond, Wiggins, and JTA to step up, but on offense, we need Wiggins, Poole, and the rest of the bench. And from the 925, I think you'll need 30 to 40 from Steph. But since he's such a stud and that's standard, I'll say these three are my dub factors. 20 plus from Wiggins, 15 to 20 from Poole, and give me 10 or more from Green mixed with him spreading that ball like the QB that he is, and the dubs get a W. There are a lot of things that do have to go right uh, in this one. There are. And I'm not even going to play the sound because I don't have enough time for it. But Kerr... Uh, was talking about uh, yesterday how they're going to be defending Steph. And this is a quote. This is from Steve Kerr at practice. We anticipate they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Steph. Multiple defenders, different matchups, some blitzes, some kind of shadowing, that type of stuff. we kind of seen everything. Steph has seen everything. Draymond is probably the key in terms of when they do throw stuff at Steph. Draymond has an answer with all of his screening and dribble handoffs and that sort of thing. So they're fun to watch together. And, and that's also another reason why Draymond is so big. And, you know, he's just been great this year. I don't know uh, how many other players would be able to get the most uh, out of Steph like Draymond does because he just understands so much. But they're going to be going after him with Schroeder tonight, I think, if I had to guess. Because you look at the highlights from these last matchups, and Schroeder was chasing him down exactly like, uh, why am I blanking on dude's name from the uh, from the Grizzlies? Dylan Brooks, he's going to be running after him like Dylan Brooks, turning his back to the ball when Draymond has it and is about to pass it out of a split action. It's going to get to that point tonight, and I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be that guy. The Lakers are a very good defensive team. 
there's a lot that has to go right for the uh, Warriors in order for them in order for them to win. Um, but there is one thing that happened yesterday that stuck out to me, and, and this didn't really make the rounds because he's essentially a non-factor. So um, who really cares what Andre Drummond really has to say? But you know that John Morant before that Grizzlies game made a post on social media. I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram, but he made a post where he said he was, quote-unquote, locked in. Now, we know Steph's thing is to say lock in on social, right? Well, listen to what Steph had to say after that point with John Morant, because Andre Drummond did the same thing yesterday. He posted on Instagram. It wasn't a photo. It was completely blank. And the only thing on the caption was, Locked in. Locked in. And no one even in the comments even realized that he is actually trying to throw some shade at Steph. And listen to Steph after this game on Memphis when he was asked uh, about John Morant and playing against him for the first time that year. Just the matchup. I mean, I got a point guard from town to town. Marcus. This was a unique time, though. Uh, you hadn't, you hadn't gone there before. Because you hadn't played him before. No, because you hadn't played him before. Uh and you know you didn't you didn't get the feel for him. Well, you can't get a feel for somebody till you play him, so might as well. I was locked in. <laughs> that was my next question. Did it have something to do with uh, the commentary heading into the game, dating back to last year? I see, I see everything. So I love to have some fun with it, brother. <laughs> hey, look, he's a quiet assassin, man. You post on social media that you're locked in. He's going to do something against you. And Andre Drummond did that same thing yesterday. And if I'm LeBron and I'm I'm going to my team and I'm like, what are you doing, man? I tried to soften him up by saying he's the MVP of the league. And now you're going out and you're saying you're locked in. Even though Steph just totally, uh, he, he, uh, he didn't make anything of those LeBron uh, those LeBron MVP comments. He was laughing, as a matter of fact, at everyone who was trying to make something of it. But, look, I was thinking on my way in tonight. I don't know, or excuse me, on my way in this morning, not tonight. I'm looking forward to tonight at 7 o'clock. But, dude, I was thinking in my car, I don't know if we're going to be seeing another Steph versus LeBron matchup of this magnitude again, where there's even a chance at it, at it being a postseason. I'm not going to call it the playoffs. I'm just going to call it the postseason. But Steph and LeBron have defined this past decade of basketball, this past half decade of basketball, really. It has been about those two. And I don't know if there is any draw in sports that is like Steph and LeBron. And it's different with basketball. It's different with basketball because those guys are going to be on the floor for a majority of the time at the same time. You know, quarterback matchups are always fun in football. It's, you know, we're always looking forward to the Chiefs versus the Bills because it's Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Can't wait for that. Well, those two aren't on the field at the same time. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't even turn into a quarterback battle. It turns into quarterback versus defense, and the defense might not have a good game, and it's just not even a good battle. But this is these two going head-to-head tonight, and this is one that makes fans out of kids. You know, this is one where if you're a parent, I'm not a parent, all I've got right now is a niece and a nephew, and the nephew is doing that thing, he's in that phase where he just cries every time he sees my face, 
<laughs> you know, he just turned one years old, so I'm not at the point where I'm going to force him to sit down at 7 o'clock and watch this Warriors-Lakers matchup. My niece, uh, she's just about to turn four or just turned four. I'm not going to force her to watch it yet. But if I had kids that are maybe making their way into, you know, wanting to watch sports and, you know, finally following in the parents' footsteps or the aunt and uncle's footsteps, this is the matchup to show them tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait for Steph versus LeBron. There is no other draw in sports like these two. It's just different. And and, and tonight, what I'd want is I, I do want a competitive game. I'm, I'm, you know, all these factors that I'm throwing in. I mean, the six five zero is absolutely right. Uh, the six five zero here is absolutely right. Saying, look, you're depending on JTA. You really, the Lakers are way too deep if you're going to depend on him. But that's just what has to happen. If I, if I want, if I had my dream here, it would be with three minutes left in the game. The Warriors and Lakers are tied, and it just turns into Steph versus LeBron, Steph versus LeBron. Regardless of the outcome, I'd be okay with whatever it is if we get a competitive matchup tonight, because this has been one of the most historic duels that we have ever seen, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's just the two are total contrasts of each other, right? I mean, I remember seeing... LeBron James on a Sports Illustrated on a cover at Sports Authority when I was looking to find a baseball bat for my 7th grade team. Always got the cheaper baseball bats. Never came out of Sports Authority all happy. A spoiled little kid. But, you know, you know like, like th- that's what I remember. And now it's still LeBron and Steph has made his way as to the best player on the floor. And that's going to be tonight. I, I just, look, I can't wait. I really can't wait for this one. There's no other matchup in sports, in my opinion, uh, that rivals Steph versus LeBron. And I I don't know if you can do this with other sports. In the NBA, as they should, they should be marketing it like crazy. Oh, by the way, we got Jakob Pertl and Jonas Valanciunas, Memphis versus San Antonio. (laughs) Don't don't miss out. Uh, Coming up next, the morning roast with Bonte Hill. Kate Scott and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. They're going to be joined by Darrell Wright at 8.15 and Anthony Slater at 8.50. Tune into the roast. I can guarantee you they're going to be just as fired up as I am for the entirety of the four hours. Going to be a fun Wednesday here. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, 95.7 The Game.